Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Thriving on Purpose broadcast. I will be doing a solo tonight on this Monday night. Uh, I wanted to come on and talk about dreams that um, I believe came from, well, that I know came from God uh, that I had about mid-January. Um, the reason I didn't uh, share them right away is because uh, I felt that I didn't have, a uh, first of all, a green light from God, but also a firm understanding of what I actually had dreamt. And that happens. Um, and it's not like I have that many dreams uh, given to me, but when I do, uh, and they are from God, I know that uh, they are they have their, their importance. They weigh on my soul when I wake up in the morning. And uh, oftentimes what I'm gonna do is I share it with my wife. I believe that uh, Elizabeth has a keen insight on dream interpretation. And so I like to share them uh, with her. Oftentimes I, I get a, um, a better understanding of what I dreamt. Uh, it gives me more, uh, more of an insight onto what, uh, what the dream might mean. And also as time has passed, we've discussed the dream again and again. I believe God has revealed to me more about these uh, these dreams, these prophetic dreams. Uh, also, I've done some research. Uh, I'm not the type of guy who has a dream and just uh, kind of lets it go. So I kind of like uh, doing some research, looking into, uh, I have uh, some Christian uh, dream interpretation books I have here. So I like looking at the symbolism. I like uh, mulling it over, thinking about it. Uh, doing some associations, praying, obviously, asking the Lord to show me what the dreams mean. Uh, now, mind you, I don't have the full meaning, and sometimes you get the full meaning only years later when uh, the things come to pass. Then you start putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and you get a bigger understanding of the what the dream meant. But I had these two dreams uh, mid-January. I believe they were maybe a couple days apart, two or three days apart each, um, at first, I thought they were separate dreams, uh, but then, uh, as um, I, I like I said, like uh, as I did my homework, uh, I, I saw a pattern. I think the dreams are somewhat linked, um, and it would be nothing new. Um, Pharaoh had uh, two dreams that he uh, uh, shared with Joseph, and Joseph said both dreams are one and the same. So I don't know if these two dreams are one and the same, but definitely there's patterns. There's things that are very similar between both of those dreams, and I wanna share them with you. Although, uh, keep in mind, uh, there are parts of the dreams that I believe were more of a personal nature. Uh, I'm still gonna give you the dream, uh, and, and the, if I do have some insight into the interpretation, as I do, uh, I will share it, but I will not share the insight that I got from God concerning the more personal aspects of the dream, and I hope that's okay with you. You probably understand uh, why I, would, I wouldn't share that. But I believe that the two dreams contained a corporate message, a corporate word and meaning. And that's why I want to share it with the body of Christ tonight. So the first dream that I'm going to share with you had to do, I called it fallen trees, fallen trees. So in that dream, I'm in a nice house and it's not my house. Not, I'm not saying my house is not nice, but it wasn't as nice as that house. <laughs> in fact, uh, it was a really, really nice house with a huge, huge bay window in the living room that uh, gave me a view on, first of all, a beautiful um, uh, the parcel of land. Uh, the, the house was on was very nice, but there was a river 
a big, a large river in front of the house. And as I'm looking outside, I see uh, workers. You know how uh, uh, electric uh, power companies uh, will sometimes come and cut some trees, branches that are in the way of the wires and whatnot. Well, this time uh, I saw, I just saw them um, briefly, but I knew that the trees were fallen uh, because there were workers that came to do the work. And there were four trees that were fallen on my uh, parcel of land. Three were regular, you know, regular trees, uh, regular size were falling on the grass where, uh, and, I, and I could see them. But there was a larger tree, a very, very, like almost the size of a sequoia. I don't know if you've seen those giant sequoia trees. It was a really large tree and it had fallen, but a part of it, it was obviously it was on the land, but a part of it had fallen, a large part was in the river. And I remember I'm looking at the damage because obviously when you have fallen trees on your property, uh, you're thinking, okay, so what am I gonna do with all this wood? How am I gonna get rid of those trees and all that? And that, so in the dream, I'm thinking about the, the damages there, but I'm especially considering the big, large one that is uh, in the water. And I'm thinking, how am I gonna get that out of there? It's huge, it's gigantic. And as I'm looking out the window, uh, there is um, an acquaintance of mine who, come, who, who comes in the house uh, and the acquaintance of mine happens to be a high-level corporate coach. Uh, he works in the field of leadership, and he's a respected individual. I'm not going to mention his name. You probably don't know him anyway, so there wouldn't be any point in that. But he's a, an acquaintance of mine, a person I respect, and, and he's a leadership coach in the corporate world. And he comes behind me, and, and I, I say hi to him, and he says, oh, you're looking at the trees. He says, oh, you got four, huh? Well, I got five. That's nothing. He says, I have five on my property that fell. And as he says that, I wake up. Now, obviously, uh, when you have a dream like that, you're, you're not too sure what it means. Uh, at first, I thought it, it meant calamity for, for my, my life or my household. Uh, but as time went by and as I studied and I looked at the, the symbolism and the meaning, I realized that uh, it, it wasn't so. And uh, here's what I have so far, and I might God might show me more as time goes by. Uh, the trees that fell are leaders. They are important leaders. And what types of leaders? Uh, I would think they are uh, important leaders in, in the corporate world, maybe political field, political world, uh, important leaders, especially the large, large tree. That's, uh, that's important. And I believe that uh, where the corporate coach, the acquaintance of mine who comes in and says, that that's nothing, I have five on my lot. At first, I didn't know what to make of that. But as time went by, I think the Lord showed me, I really believe the Lord showed me, that the trees I saw fallen on my parcel of land were Canadian leaders. And this corporate coach that came to see me happens to be an American. And I believe he was telling me about on, on his side of the border, on in his country, when he said that on his land, there were five that fell. And I think he was talking about leaders in his country. 
So I believe that we're going to see, and we've already begun seeing uh, such things, but I think we're going to see things that will probably leave us astounded as uh, big, important people uh, fall and have a very public fall. And probably it will be very, um, uh, Jesus said, uh, uh, woe unto those to, through whom scandal comes, right? I think there's going to be some scandalous um falls of leaders that are upcoming and i'm not i know i'm not i know i'm not the the first one to say this i know others have said it before me and i and i'm not uh tagging on to what they said uh but i'm just sharing my dreams and what i think they mean so i i know that in canada we have a lot of corrupt leaders in the united states there's a definitely a lot of corrupt leaders and we will see uh, many of these corrupt leaders in the field of politics, maybe even in the field of business, because like I said, the coach who came to see me, it was a corporate coach who uh, teaches sales and business. So uh, I think we might see leaders fall in the field of business. And maybe it's going to be big tech. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, the big tree could it could mean a big a big tech company, something that, we're, that will astound us. Um, Anyway, uh, so I felt I wanted to share that first dream with you. And uh, the second dream is very, very interesting. It was it was very interesting to me. Um, at first, I really, like, like I said, I really didn't know what to do uh, with it. I didn't know what to make of it. And uh, Elizabeth does have a lot of keen insight. And as we discussed it, and as I researched it uh, in these books, these dream dictionaries that I have, Christian dream di dictionaries, I was able to put a few pieces together and to gather some, um, some insight as to what the dream might mean. So I'm going to share the dream. So in the dream, I happen to be traveling uh, in, in my vehicle, in my car, and I come upon a cabin for sale. So I'm in, I'm in this quiet country road and I see a cabin for sale. And I decide to get out of my vehicle and go and go visit it. So I, as I get out of my car to go have a peek inside, um, I, I'm invited by the person selling it to have a peek. And uh, the cabin is uh, one of these uh, kind of like hunter's cabins or, or, or log houses, but not, not a large one. It's not a large one, but it's very nice. It's clean. And it's got these shelves that are stockpiled with uh, prepper, uh, prepper style goods, I guess you could say cans and all kinds of uh, prepper stuff. So uh, it's it's well stocked. It's a cabin basically in the, in the woods. But what really got my attention in the dream was the price of the cabin. And I remember the price. Uh, so the guy giving me the tour tells me that it, it's going for $2,500. And if you know anything about the housing market, uh, even the most secluded cabin in the woods, if you get it for 2,500, it's a really good deal, especially that, that type of cabin. It wasn't run down or anything. It was very clean. It was in good order. It wasn't rotten. It was, it was clean. It was solid. So I was very interested. So uh, I, make, I make in the dream a quick deal and I purchase it. So later, and I, like, I, when I say later, I think I, I, um, I kind of forgot a part of the dream there. Okay. So you'll forgive me for that. But later, I'm standing high up on the elevated platform. And there you're going to see a connection there with the first dream. 
that I shared with you. So I'm on the elevated platform of a power company truck. You know, these power company trucks who come to repair uh, electrical wires, they have these, these platforms that kind of, uh, they kind of raise like this and you have like a little box at the top where, you, where the man stands and fixes the, uh, the electrical wires. Well, I'm on that truck and I'm on the top, but the truck happens to be on a hill. So there's the hill and the truck happens to be at the top of the hill and I'm raised up and I'm not raised up to repair any wires. I'm actually raised up so that I see a vast expanse of, of a landscape. And as I'm looking, I see the cabin I purchased. It's, it's off in the distance, but it's pretty close that I can see it well. So I'm looking at the cabin and the people who own the cabin, whom I don't know, they're emptying it because obviously I purchased it and they're emptying it and they're moving, right? So they're emptying everything to put into their truck to move. But there's something very interesting about this scene is that they begin emptying the attic, the attic of that cabin, which I did not visit. I, did, I didn't get to look at the attic when I visited it. As they're emptying the attic, they take out of the attic, and I forget the number, so you'll forgive me for that. It's either four or five dead eagles. Four or five dead eagles are taken out of the cabin's attic. And that's when I believe I woke up. I might have lost a couple of uh, details there, but that's when I believe I woke up. Of course, what struck me the most about this particular dream was, well, two things. Obviously, the dead eagles, right? I mean, and they were... They weren't like uh, you would expect to see a dead eagle. They looked more like totems. Uh, you know, have you ever seen a, an American Indian totem? Uh, they have all these animals, one on top of the other. And if you see an eagle on top, it's like wooden, kind of rigid. So the, the dead bodies of the eagles, I knew they were dead eagles, but they, they looked uh, more like a caricature or a little bit, uh, forgive my, my uh, saying, but kind of cartoonish a little bit, uh, but they were large. They were large eagles. So large eagles were taken out of this attic. And obviously the other uh, point of reference that I find very interesting is that again, we had the power company, which was in the first dream. See the power company in the, in the first dream, they were those who took down the trees. And in the second dream, I happened to be in the ladder of the power company truck high up where I have a vantage point where I can see everything that's going on. So I have a, I guess you could say an eagle's eye view of, of what is going on and I see very well. Um, so obviously there's a lot of details in that dream that can be uh, interpreted for, for my personal life. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm purchasing a cabin. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the one being taken up by the power company to a vantage point. And I believe the power company in both of those dreams is God or, or represents the, the higher power of God. And I think it kind of makes sense uh, that, that God, God brings, brings up leaders and, and takes them down. Not all leaders, but mind you, uh, he's the one who sets them up uh, in many cases. 
And uh, again, when I'm brought up in the truck and I have this vantage point, I think that's God uh, showing me, giving me insight or giving or showing me something that he wants me to see. And it was interesting because when I looked up in the book, obviously I looked up at, at the symbolism. I looked at cabin. I looked at all kinds of stuff. But I was mostly interested in finding out what eagles might mean. And I have a book here. Jeez. Uh, yeah, it's not close by anyway. Um, but I looked at the meaning of eagles. And it, it meant prophetic leaders or leaders in the in the realm of the, the ministry or prophetic. And uh, I thought that was very interesting because we have seen already some uh, leaders. Um, and I don't know if it means that there's going to be ministries dying out or, or leaders um, being losing their their platform maybe the attic could mean the, the platform uh and and they're taken out or they're dying i don't know if it's if it means actual deaths or j- just the death of their ministry uh but it was very interesting to me that the uh, the definition of eagles meant a leaders in the field of ministry and we've already seen uh, lately if you've kept abreast of the christian news um, we've seen uh, some leaders fall and fall big. Uh, we've seen Ravi Zacharias. He was already uh, dead uh, when things got exposed about his ministry, about himself. And uh, and I'm not going to comment on that because, um, geez, I mean, I've spoken about this a lot with Elizabeth. We're trying to make sense of it. And, uh, of course, uh, it really seems to be a, going a certain way. And there there seems to be like, okay, he did what he did. Uh, but there was a part of me that was like, what if, what if he was set up? I mean, lesser men have been set up. So um, it, it crossed my mind. And I'm not saying that's the direction or, or the theory that I've adopted. I'm just saying it could be. Because if you set up a guy like that, he takes the fall. It really hurts Christianity. It really hurts it a big deal. And it did. Uh, and I think... Uh, that if ministry leaders uh, with solid, strong ministerial platforms uh, begin falling like that, I think the people uh, will be hurt. And see, that, that's the thing. We need to put our trust in God, not in men. And oftentimes we uh, we do it despite ourselves, despite our better judgment. We We say that we trust God. We say that we follow God. And yet when such men fall, uh, it hurts us. It uh, it affects. We feel like it affects our testimony. Uh, I, I I heard a guy uh, do a YouTube video, and, he, and or was it a woman? I don't remember. Uh, the person shared that they actually used some of uh, Ravi Zacharias's books to um, to share the gospel with some people, and so when he felt like that, they felt ashamed. But that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. I mean, um, doesn't matter what. Uh, we have to give an account for ourselves, okay? We have to give an account for ourselves. And I know there's there's big names in the last few years that have fallen with the, the Me Too movement and all, all those things happening. And uh, But I think that what the Lord showed me in that dream is that there's more coming. There's more coming. So we need to brace for impact as, uh, as a body of Christ. Uh, remember, judgment uh, comes to the house of God first. God judges his, uh, his own people first before he he uh, brings it out on on the rest of the people. So we have to brace for impact, and we have to we have to clean house. We have to do um, uh, 
self-assertions and 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 repent ourselves and and, and bring ourselves to repentance before the Lord and uh, really cleanse our own lives um, because there's there's going to be things happening. There's going to be things that are going to be exposed in a huge way. Uh, and I think that we're the, the church, the people in the church are going to be shocked. Uh, I don't I don't have any idea who these leaders will be that will be exposed, but I just know that there are going to be more exposed. Is it going to be four or five more? I don't know. Was it just a symbolic number? Possibly. Uh, maybe there's going to be dozens more. Who knows? Uh, the only uh, point I do know is that we can't take this stuff personal. Although it does, uh, you know, when something happens to one of us, it happens in a way to all of us because we are one body. We're the body of Christ. So if a member hurts, it, it hurts the rest. But uh, we have to keep our eyes on the Lord and we have to keep our faith in him. And we have to watch our walk. We have to watch how we do things. So we're accountable to him. And uh, what happens to to other leaders, we, we don't have any much control over, but we do, uh, for those of us who are in ministry, for those of us who uh, are giving an account daily of our, our activity, of what we're doing for the body of Christ, well, we have to, we have to, uh, to stand up straight and uh, walk in the fear of the Lord. Uh, the fear of the Lord, there's a term that is going to make a comeback in 2021. I believe that God really wants to bring back the fear of the Lord. I mean, he never wanted it out of the body of Christ. Uh, he made that very clear in the beginnings of the church when Ananias and Sapphira tried to, uh, to, to do things unlawfully when they sold their land. They could have just said, look, uh, here's, let's, let's say they sold it for 50,000. Here's 25,000. We're giving you this uh, uh, gladly, but we want to keep 25,000 for ourselves. It, it, Peter would not have been against that. He, 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 I mean, after all, it was their land, right? But um, they decided to lie, right? They decided to pretend that they gave the whole amount. And uh, God showed in that instance that he was still on the throne and that he still meant business when it comes to the fear of the Lord. He expects us to fear him, to highly reverence him, to flee from doing evil and these two people were put to death. And it put great fear in the fledgling church at the time. They got real scared real fast. And they were like, okay, oh, oh, we're still dealing with this Yahweh character from the Old Testament. Okay, we're, we're under grace, but he's still on the throne. Awesome. Th okay, thanks for the reminder, Lord. We'll, uh, we'll walk straight from here on. Uh, but guess what? Even 3, 000, uh, 2,000 years later, we're still serving the same God and there's things that are going to uh, show up, I believe, in the maybe in the next few months that are going to might shake the church a big, a big deal. So I encourage all of you to uh, to stay strong and to not let these things uh, deter you, to not let these things affect your faith. Uh, and uh, I hope that me sharing these dreams helped you guys or maybe gave you some insight about what's coming. I think there's going to be a lot. I think leadership is going to be shaken in, in my country, Canada, in the United States, for sure. <laughs> we, there's lots going on there. Uh, I think we're going to see leadership in all spheres, uh, in the corporate, in the political, and in, obviously, a ministerial uh, ministry in the church leadership as well. 
So we're going to see a lot of uh, God is going to clean house uh, first with the church, but also he's going to he's going to do a work that is probably going to leave us astounded and with uh, great stories. Uh, if if we get there uh, to tell our our grandchildren someday, uh, that's if the end is not already upon us. So be blessed. And uh, I share this video. Uh, I believe there's great insight in those dreams. I believe this there was a, a corporate word of, in those two dreams. And have a great week. Don't forget to join me and Elizabeth this Wednesday as we continue our uh, Kingdom Leadership Series, which is, has been so much fun to do uh, as we uh, strive to equip uh, the leaders in the church for the days of, ahead and to bring them back to a, an understanding of uh, the importance of them stepping up to the plate and leading uh, leading in their families, leading in their communities, leading in their church. But when you're in the kingdom, you have a leadership call on your life. And that's what we uh, we really want to show believers through this series. And this week, we're going to be talking about uh, service, service, so servant leadership. That's what we're going to be talk tackling this week, which is such an important subject. So be blessed and thrive on and may God bless you.